0: back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast presented by the Kings Herald. My name is Brendan Nunes, and man, it's been some uh, exciting times for the Sacramento Kings. The trade deadline just passed, and uh, excuse me if I sound a little tired. It is very late, or I guess early on Super Bowl Sunday. The Kings played their second game um, after acquiring Demonis Sabonis just last night. Um, And the first game with Dante DiVincenzo, anyone unaware of the trades for some reason, um, and the reason I didn't have like an instant reaction on trade deadline day is I jumped on with James Hamm, uh, the Kings Beat podcast, and obviously everybody should check out all the work that James is doing, Um, phenomenal work consistently coming out there. But the moves, we talked about the Sabonis one a little bit with Mark Schindler on the last episode here, um, which was DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb to the Sacramento Kings in exchange for Tyrese Halliburton, which was heartbreaking for the entire fan base, organization, uh, every media, myself, obviously, um, everybody involved, I'm sure. Um, but again, Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, four. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. And then the other move that Monty McNair... Oh, and there was also a 2023 second-round pick going to the Sacramento Kings in that deal as well. Um, Pretty crazy that Monty McNair was able to get Demonis Sabonis without including any picks. Like, I, I know that Tyrese Halliburton isn't nothing. I understand people that are skeptical of that deal. Um, I know Rich Ivanowski is skeptical of the direction that Sacramento and Monty McNair, Wes Wilcox, the whole front office has decided to take at this deadline. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening here saw his, uh, his grade when the Kings Herald did their kind of roundtable, And I, I barely missed the, the cutoff before they ended up uploading that. So I actually didn't have a grade in that piece. Um, but I understand being down on it from the perspective of, how much better do these moves make this team? Um, because if it's not enough to where they're better than an eight seed, then uh, the team control with Tyrese Halliburton is where this gets a little bit suspect. But um, I'm admittedly going to be pretty optimistic in this pod today. I understand the skepticism that we've seen from people, but they've um, they've been playing well. And I think that the entire year... It, been playing well meaning these two games and admittedly against uh not great opponents minnesota timberwolves and the washington wizards uh without bradley beal or the chris apps that they had just traded for so i get that it's not exactly a great gauge when it comes to the competition level that they've played but i think we've seen different enough styles that um there's there's reason to be optimistic and while tyree Halliburton is great and i think going to be a multi full-time all-star in the league like I, I think very very highly of Tyrese Albertans, um production and future in the NBA Demonis Sabonis is a 25 year old that's been an all-star twice already so certainly nothing to scoff at himself and he's got two more years left on his deal after this season um, he's getting paid less money than Buddy Heald barely over those next two years which is pretty crazy Um, I like Justin Holliday, who has one more season remaining after these final 24 games that are remaining in this season. Um, Justin Holliday is a guy that to me is, I I understand him being the starter on this team. I I think that it makes sense to have him in the starting lineup moving forward. He's a quality three-point shooter who does it on decent volume, which is important for what Sacramento lost in Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy healed two guys that shoot um, that are elite three-point shooters and Justin Holiday in Indiana this season was shooting 37% from three on 6.9 attempts per game in these two games that he's played with the Kings he did go 0 of six in that Minnesota game and then in the game against Washington he was actually a four of six from three. And he has this two-man game with Sabonis. You know, twenty-four of Sabonis's twenty-four percent of Sabonis' total assists this season, while with Indiana were with in connection with Justin Holiday, and we have not seen that there was no other teammate that Sabonis assisted more often than Justin Holiday. So they have a little bit of a pre-built uh, synergy chemistry between them that they're bringing to Sacramento. I, I think that um, Justin Holiday. Is clearly very articulate when we got the chance to speak to him in post-game. Um, and by the way, in today's episode, there's going to be a lot of clips from um, from Sabonis, McNair, Dante, Alvin Gentry. A um, lot, of, lot of clips because we got a lot of press and I, I think things that are important to hear from the fan base. And uh, yeah, sorry, kind of all over the place here. I have so many things that I want to talk about and I know I'm not going to be able to fit them all into this episode. Um, but I really like Justin Holliday. I think that he brings a lot on the defensive end of the floor. I think he's a smart player that, um, yeah, plays within himself, keeps the ball moving. I don't think that he jumps off the page or anything, but I think that he's a really good role player. And Sacramento needs to surround De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis with as many 3 and D players as they can, in my mind. And uh, Justin Holiday fits that. He is on the older side. So I understand I'm not viewing Justin Holliday as some long-term piece in Sacramento personally. He's 32 years old, again, with one year, $6.29 million remaining going into next season. But I think he can start the rest of this year. I certainly wouldn't mind him starting next year as well. Um, and, and feel pretty good about how he fits alongside that duo of Fox and Sabonis. Jeremy Lamb is interesting. Um Jeremy Lamb's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career, especially since he went to Indiana um, in 2019. And Jeremy Lamb is 29 years old; he's close to 30. 6'5. five. Um, yeah, he had an ACL and meniscus injury during his with Indiana, um, not this season, but in 2019-20. This was a game in Toronto. He got up off the floor and hit two free throws before going to the locker room, which just shows kind of his toughness and spirit. You know, I think of uh, Kobe Bryant, obviously, Clay Thompson doing the same thing. I want to say there's a, I'm sure there's a couple others that I'm forgetting as well, but um, obviously shows his toughness. And I really think of Lamb, who's an expiring $10.5 million contractor. I think there's a really good chance he's not on this team next year. But I think that he's a really solid terrence davis replacement for the rest of this season terrence davis is out for the rest of the year because of the way that he landed in boston caused an issue with his um with his hand so uh, he had surgery and the timeline was three months which is pretty much the rest of the season they didn't officially rule him out for the rest of the season but the timeline they gave um in all likelihood the sacramento kings will be not playing into the second third round of the playoffs so I think of Jeremy Lamb as a guy that can um, give you knights of 15 points kind of here and there, and um, it'll be interesting to see what his role is. The other trade, obviously, that took place was um, Marvin Bagley getting sent to the Detroit Pistons in a four-team deal where Sacramento is getting back Dante DiVincenzo, the guy that clearly Monty likes and had originally tried to sign and trade Bogdan Bogdanovich for over a year ago at this point so Bagley for Dante DiVincenzo Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson I think we were all shocked that Marvin Bagley is able to get you that type of value right like we all I guess I shouldn't speak for everyone I was ready to move on from Bagley for a little while Um, Bagley made it clear he was ready to move on from Sacramento and um you know as as much as the additions are really important when it comes to what's going to be different for the Sacramento team moving forward I think some of the subtractions are pretty notable too um you know as I don't like to yeah Buddy Heald and Marvin Beckley. two guys that made it clear they didn't want to be in Sacramento. Um, I think like we heard issues with communication all year long on the floor. I think there were some maybe questionable decision-making on the floor as well. Um, And you're going to hear in some of these quotes something that gets praised so often um, in these post-games after Minnesota and after Washington with this new group of guys around is that we hear Alvin Gentry say it. You'll hear Dante DiVincenzo say it here. That there's a lot of smart, high IQ players on the team. And that makes it easy. And that's so weird to hear. But Bagley and Buddy certainly didn't fit that description. They're not around anymore. Like Sabonis, smart player, right? Right. I think that uh, Dante DiVincenzo fits that. I think Harkless is a smart basketball player. Obviously, Harrison Barnes fits the description, as does De'Aaron Fox. Um, Chemezi Metu I think can be. I would say Rashawn Holmes is definitely a smart basketball player. Davion Mitchell, definitely high basketball IQ. Um, So there is really a lot of guys on this team with a high basketball IQ, which is so weird because just... A week ago, it was like the decision making was so suspect all the time with this team. Um, yeah, man, they they played well in these two games. I, in this game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, they really started off slow in that first quarter, and you could tell that. I, I mean, Sabonis and the new guys—they didn't know they were going to play until 70 minutes before tip off. Um, they did not have a single practice with their new teammates. They did a walkthrough that morning and that was it, but really no time to gel um, with their with their teammates out there. And it looked like in the first quarter, it was kind of trying to run some sets and there's a lot of guys standing on top of each other or poor spacing because they don't know exactly where they're supposed to be on the floor, which is just going to happen with a new team. And then once Alvin Gentry and, and kind of the guys look to go towards a little bit more pick and roll and just simplistic basketball rather than trying to run some um some sets or things like this and i think as they started to get a feel for each other you saw things start to click and i mean what says that more than scoring 42 points in the second quarter right and uh the kings end up playing really really well um to close out that game and the hold the minnesota timberwolves to 18 points in the fourth quarter which is really impressive for a team that's also struggled defensively um This is a very, very different team, I think, is kind of the larger point here. Um, Like we heard rebounding be an issue all year. We heard communication be an issue all year. Um, At times, pace was questionable throughout this year. Sabonis said that he's never played on a team with this high of pace. And Gentry pointed out that, you know, the way that Sabonis rebounds the ball and is able to outlet pass or dribble it up himself enables so much more pace in, in the offense. Um, and, and we saw that consistently over these next two games. And, you know, we'll have to see in and, and deer Fox acknowledged this himself that after the Washington game, that um, we'll have to see how his team responds when they meet adversity, right? When they, when some of these losses start to flow in, but they were down 13 points against the wizards and they ended up bouncing back and winning that game. They, they kept composed, Um, and, and what did we hear all year long that when the team got punched in the mouth, they weren't able to hit back. And, um, they did that in both of these games. There were moments where they had fallen down by double digits and in both of these games that since a bonus has been added to the team and, and they fought back, uh, kept a strong, strong mental and, and were able to push through. So I think that that's very notable. I'm going to slow down with all my ranting of, uh, just my excitement and all these guys that are around. Um, I'm going to get to DiVincenzo and Lyles and Jackson here in a moment, but I'm going to play some of the post-game clips that we got um, after that first Minnesota game that featured Demonis Sabonis' debut where he had 22 points, 14 rebounds, and 5 assists, which, by the way, the crazy part is that's kind of a normal Sabonis game. Like, holy shit. Um, whoa. Justin Justin Holliday. Six points, four assists, two steals, two rebounds, only two of 11 from the field. All of six from three, like I said. And then uh, Jeremy Lamb in his debut as well. 31 minutes, 14 points, all, uh, five assists, six rebounds, two blocks as well. Four of 11 from the field and three of eight from distance. Um, a whole lot of passing going on on this team. You know, Five assists from Sabonis. 4 from Justin Holiday, 3 from DeAaron Fox, 3 from Harrison Barnes, 3 from Rashawn Holmes, 7 from Davion Mitchell. We have 5 from Jeremy Lamb. Um Sabonis adds a different element. And that's exactly what Alvin Gentry said post game against Minnesota after those three guys made their debut.
1: Uh, Coach, how did uh, Savonis' dynamic passing kind of set the tone for everybody else on this team tonight and, I don't know, I guess motivate them to move the ball around in ways we haven't seen? Yeah, I think you're exactly right there. And I think what happens in those situations is that those kind of things become infectious, I think. And, and so what happens is that the next guy, as a matter of fact, doing one time out, I said, I think we're overpassing, you know, we're passing on shots. Uh, and I love the unselfishness, but we're passing on shots that we shouldn't normally pass on. But I think they also understand that now, uh, when they make these great cuts, that, you know, you're probably going to end up with an easy basket on there. And I think what happens in those situations is guys uh, are much more willing to cut. So, you know, he, he adds a, a, a different element to our team that we, you know, we, we hadn't had, you know. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV
2: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refunds. Subscription auto-renews.
1: Twentieth Century Studios presents Vacation Friends Two. Now streaming only on Hulu. Look at us all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 That's fine. Now streaming. Dad! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Woo! Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord, nice. I'm sorry. Drug lord, nice. With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total oh. chaos. Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Now streaming only on Hulu.
0: Overpassing. I think Tyrese was the only guy all season long where we ever felt like he was overpassing. And now in the first game with this group, we we hear Alvin Gentry talking about that. um, Already new. And you can see it in in these assists. The infectious passing that Alvin Gentry kind of talks about there. You know, in that first game against Minnesota, they have 32 assists. Their season high is 33 this year. And then they follow it up with 27 assists against Washington. Before those two games in the Sabonis acquisition, they were averaging 23.3 assists per game. And now, including these last two victories, the Kings are 12-4 and in games when they have 27 plus, 27 or more assists this season. Um that ball movement is going to be very interesting. I, I think that we saw Chimezi Metsu benefit from it in both of these games. Um, he's Metu is a very good cutter who, you know, if, if Sabonis is hitting him going downhill towards the basket, it has shown clearly shown the ability to throw it down. Metsu's interesting. interesting. Um, yeah. metu's interesting, but I, I think that the other aspect you we've heard Gentry talk about in these last couple of days is that Sabonis makes not only the team better but all of his teammates around him better and for a team that already was performing under the uh, underperforming based on the talent level that they had um adding a player who has the potential to do that and, and make these talents better than they are rather than this starting point we're coming into right now of worse than they are really um is where this, this margin of growth is really interesting to me. Um, I'm going to play this clip here because uh, of Sabonis, and, and there's also Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb sitting alongside him as well. By the way, anybody that's listening in podcast form, the Kingspulse podcast is also in video form on YouTube, and it has been for the last couple episodes now, maybe even 10 or so episodes um, but you can always see these episodes on YouTube. And when I play the audio clips, you'll see the guys talking. And uh, it's very relevant in this next one when you can see Sabonis with a huge smile on his face. Talking about how he's happy to be in Sacramento and find a home. And um, it's notable because, you know, he he was he mentioned he was traded on draft night. And I, I think this is the first team, the Sacramento Kings, that is trading for this version of Sabonis. They know what they're expecting. You know, when when OKC traded for him on draft night, obviously they didn't know what they were getting. When Indiana traded for Demonis Sabonis, they were just taking a flyer on a young guy to see what he could potentially become because they were trading away Paul George and kind of trying to reset. This is the first time where it's like, sabonis is established we know what demonis sabonis is and that is who we want not uh give us the guy with potential oh this is what he turned out to be um so yes again the clips you hear you'll see on video form if you go to youtube uh you know thumbs up there obviously appreciated and subscribing and same thing subscribing to any podcast feed is, is helpful as well but i'll shut up and here's the bonus clip
2: Since the second I made it to the NBA, um, I figured out the hard way. as a business and I I got traded on draft night. Um, Then a year later, I got traded again. And um, just trying to find a a home, you know, uh, where I'm loved. You know, I want to come out and compete every day, you know, and I feel like I found it here. Um, I love it here and I I just want to keep playing and getting wins. Thomas, uh, one of the
3: things Alvin said was that the focus for tonight was was to have fun. And it seems like the the way you play your style with the passing and your teammates cutting and... Getting open shots, it's, that's a fun way for, for you guys to play. Just how, how important is that and, and how much of an ethic, emphasis is it in your
2: game? I think it's very important, especially in the league today. You know, um, a lot of teams can guard the first possession, you know, one stop, two stops, but they can't. If the ball keeps moving, it's hard to stop. You know, I kept telling Justin and Jeremy, like, it's its contagious, you know. Let's just play our game and everyone's going to keep passing the ball, you know. And uh, I, feel, I feel like it showed today. We had uh, 32 assists, so it was just a lot of fun out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can see it. You know, those second, third a- side actions were not happening with the Kings. Um, Tyree Salabren a great passer. We all know that. It's just that the ball was not moving um, left to right in the same way. Um, they were driving and maybe hitting the roll man or hitting the guy in the corner. And there was just always a point where the ball would stagnate on every possession. You know, I don't, I want to keep coming back to it, but like buddy is guilty of this Bagley was guilty of this. I think Fox and Tyrese started to both individually be guilty of this at times because you know, sometimes it's like the ball's not moving. I just have to make something happen here. So that means I got to take a couple dribbles to make something happen. Um, so not that those two latter guys, Fox Diaries, can't be a part of this great passing system, as we're clearly seeing with De'Aaron Fox in these two games. Um, but there's a, just this whole ball movement among all of the players on this roster that we're seeing that is really different. And I think that the hub is obviously Damanis Sabonis and what he supplies in the short roll, these dribble handoffs. Um, the ball doesn't get stuck. There's no ball stoppers. It moves fast and god it's so beautiful to watch i i, I love it I, i'm loving it out there um the beginning of the wizards it got a little stagnant i i think it's the moment the minutes without sabonis and especially without sabonis or fox are still going to take a little bit of getting used to um, davion mitchell's been playing phenomenal i am going to probably next episode really spend some time on davion mitchell and harrison barnes because I think they're two very important pieces moving forward for this Kings team, um, who have been playing extremely well as of late. But there's enough to talk about with all the new guys right now that I'm going to hold on for that one for a, for a little while here. Um, yeah, so we heard um, those things about the guys from Indiana. I want to touch on the three players that were acquired in the Bagley deal, starting with Dante DiVincenzo, who is just turned 25 years old, uh the big ragu is a absolutely phenomenal nickname by the way and it's he, he's interesting because i mean let's let's start this he started 66 games last year for the team that won the NBA championship he was starting into the playoffs until he tore a ligament in his ankle in game 3 of round 1 of the bucks series against the Miami Heat and in that season prior to going down he was averaging 10.4 points 5.8 rebounds 3.1 assists which is far from nothing considering the guys that were around him Um, a little over a steal per game in his 27.5 minutes on 42 percent from the field 37.9 percent from three on 5.2 attempts from range per game as well as 71.8 percent from the free throw line even though he hardly gets there three and d with offensive versatility and, and really defensive versatility for his size. He's only 6'4", but Gentry told us post-game after uh, DiVincenzo's debut for Sacramento, which was in Washington against the Wizards, that he feels like Dante can guard one twos and threes. Um, De'Aaron Fox was very complimentary of DiVincenzo coming from a championship team. And uh, the audio was a little bit choppy when we talked to Fox, or I would have included it in here. Uh, but the quote I have instead from De'Aaron, again, postgame against Washington on Dante DiVincenzo, is, quote, him coming and being a guy who's been on a championship team, he's brought that level of intensity, that level of communication, end quote. And um, yeah, he-, he talked a little bit about how, you know, there were communication issues before. Like, we- we've heard all season long that communication has been an issue. And uh, Dante very clearly su- supplies that um I'll, I'll let you hear from the man himself Monty McNair who made this trade that we got to talk to earlier today um prior to that wizards game on on uh the the Dante DiVincenzo vincenzo acquisition
1: yeah dante is uh certainly somebody we've we've targeted for a while um and we we're very excited to to uh to finally bring him into the organization and um you know i think we've already seen since he's come back um you know he's progressing well and uh starting to have some some bigger bigger games and you know this is a guy who was starting in the the playoffs last year for the eventual champion so uh we know what he can do on the floor um we're excited to see him come in and do it here for uh, in a kings uniform finally
0: yeah um anyone watching on youtube you can see a little bit of a chuckle and smile from monty at the beginning of that clip because he gets asked about a, you know i believe it was deuce mason that asked the question deuce and mo show which is obviously great everybody should check out um said mentioned the idea that like oh obviously you guys have been targeting monty for uh dante excuse me for a little while now and uh yeah monty chuckled at that one a little bit as you can see and um what he talks about of Dante still kind of getting back into shape is really to me the reason that Milwaukee moved on from him um he is a pending restricted free agent which I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of these final 24 games play out for DiVincenzo because it's really going to have a notable impact in my mind on what his restricted market looks like I don't know if he's a 10 at like 8 to 12 million dollar guy right now that'd be my guess but it's it's kind of hard to gauge um Milwaukee moved on from him because Grayson Allen and Pat Connington are better right now um but has a lot to do with Dante Vincenzo wasn't coming back from that torn ligament in his ankle until his target date was December 15th this season and then when he was set to come back he actually then was forced to go into health and safety protocol um, because of those complications, and therefore it got extended another 10 days, his return. He didn't come back until therefore Christmas day. And he's only played 17 games for the Bucks since then, averaged 7.2 points, he averages 20 minutes a night, 7.2 points, 3.5 rebounds, 1.7 assists on, um, get ready for this one, 33.1% from the field, 28 point four percent from three on four point four attempts per game and then 85.2 percent from the free throw line again he doesn't get to the line all that often but we're gonna see how he progresses this year um he's still getting his game back and i'll play a clip of dante himself kind of talking about that in a moment here but i i think that it's not about right now with dante it's about having him around for a little while and and i think that there's multiple guys that fall in that let me let me play this clip from dante so he can kind of give a little bit of his his own take on um yeah explain his injury and you guys can hear a little bit from from dante di vincenzo here before i go further hey dante welcome to sacramento man um you know do you view this move as an opportunity you know the change from going to a team like Milwaukee to the position that Sacramento is and as an opportunity to maybe kind of expand your game and show a little bit more of what you're able to do?
3: Yeah, Um, I mean, yes, but I don't really think about that. I'm just trying to, you know, bring what I've done in Milwaukee here. Um, And I think the thing I I had there was just my energy and my effort. I think that's going to be contagious. Um, And then as the basketball side, just go out there and play. I'm not worried about anything else, but just playing, having fun, and getting wins. Um, we're, you know, we're an eager team. We're trying to make the playoffs. Um So every game that we go out there is going to be meaningful. So I'm um, not looking at it as a selfish standpoint, just trying to go out there and get shots and trying to, um, you know, not get more shots than I did in Milwaukee. I'm just going out there to play basketball the right way. Um And going back to what I said, when you got guys with high IQs that want to play the right way, it's super fun. James.
0: Yeah, Dante, just where are you physically? And I guess more than even physically, just how close are you to being back in rhythm and kind of in the flow of the game after your your long stint out? Um, I feel good um, physically
3: moving around. Um, I feel good. It's just like the, like I said, the rhythm part. Um am still trying to figure it out. Um, I, you know, in Milwaukee, I was kind of fighting different rotation minutes and, and kind of fight my rhythm over there. Coming in here and just trying to fit in, um, trying to come in here and just be myself. So um, I'm close. I wouldn't say I'm 100 percent myself right now, but basically I'm going to get there, and I'm going to keep growing. So my goal is just keep getting better every game and every practice, and hopefully we push towards that playoffs. And I'm on myself, then
1: Jason Anderson. Uh Dante, welcome. Um, we we really saw you know some playmaking ability and and how disruptive you can be on defense. Um, is that what you Know people can expect to see from you on this team,
3: yeah. I mean, night in and night out, I'm going to compete on the defensive end. Um, I can go out multiple positions, and and you know, I think it's cool with the, the guys that you know, might be bigger than me. Um, the other guys on the team sniff it out and they get me out of there and get me where I'm supposed to be. Um, so it was fun tonight. Um, but yeah, night in and that night out, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to scrap a little claw, and I'm trying to get wins here, and that's my only focus.
1: Sean Cunningham, last question. Yeah, Dante, uh, I figured I'd ask it again since we had some audio problems, but um, not when you were almost traded to Sacramento, what was that experience like? And then coming here, does it just kind of feel natural that, that this is the place where you kind of belong?
3: Yeah. Um, well, it was 48 hours or whatever it was. It was super super weird for me. I um, thought I was coming here, and then I did. And, you know, it took a little bit of time getting back adjusted where I was at. Um, but the end of the day, it's a business and you got to go about your work. Um, so then coming along to this trade deadline, when, when I got the news, I was coming here. I was super happy. Um, like I said, it was meant to be um, and that mutual, um, that mutual respect and that, you know, wanting to be here and then wanting me here. Um, it's a super good feeling and it makes you want to go out and play as hard as you can for not only the team, but also the organization.
0: What's with all these dudes that want to play in Sacramento? Like, I don't know. I I mean, I I could, I can understand the logic. It's I, I'm not saying they're crazy for it. It's just different. Um, yeah. And, and maybe there's an aspect, of you just got traded here. What else are you supposed to say? But, uh, no, I, I mean like, I think Dante and Sabonis are, which are obviously the two highlights here, both seem excited and are saying all the right things. And, and the other standout to me is Justin holiday. Um, after that, Jeremy Lamb is expiring. Trey Lyles is also a piece that was part of the return for Marvin Bagley, and so is Josh Jackson. I'm going to be blunt. I think Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson are only included because that's the players that Detroit had to send out to make the salary work for Marvin Bagley. Does that mean that they like can't be... They can't make some sort of impact in this final stretch? No, like they could. I think that they both have potential to do that. Um, But I think that if... I'm not going to put expectations on either of those guys because I think if I do, I'd get disappointed. Um, Trey Lyles is is 6'9". He's 26 years old. And he's the first guy on this team that has size like that to play the forward to play the four spot really and who can rebound and shoot the ball from 3 this season he's only shooting 30% from 3 um in the 51 games he's played with Detroit on just under 3 attempts per game but he's a career 33% shooter he shot 35% from deep last year 38% from deep the year before that um like i i think Trey Lyles is a good three point shooter he can put the ball on the deck and Kind of do some. I think that he can be a decent offensive cog. Um, defensively, he's going to get attacked. I think he's a guy that if um, opposition see him out there, they're going to target and try to go at every single possession. I think Chemezi Metsu and Marvin Bagley were those same things. Um, but I think Lyles just gives you a different option at the four. If you want to go for some defense, you go for Mo Harkless, who's been hitting his three. So there's no reason to not look towards Mo. Um, as long as Moe is hitting at a decent rate, that's who that that's the forward aside from Harrison that I really like on this team. Um Chemezi Metu has been hitting his shots and, and cutting well, and obviously he's a good rebounder. Um it's his shot that sometimes disappears here and there. So maybe Trey Lyles gets an opportunity because they've struggled to figure out who their four is on this roster all season long. And I still don't know that they have an answer unless they're moving Harrison Barnes down there and uh, willing to go a little bit more small ball. So we'll see. Um, But again, Trey Lyles, he has $2.6 million team option going into next year. So if he can show a little bit of something like it's a very friendly deal. Um, But I mean. I don't think Trey Lyles was was fought over in this deal, for example. And then uh Josh Jackson is the one other one as well who don't really care for. Um it, it's great to have a 6'8 wing with an impressive wingspan as well, who's 25 years old, right? He was twenty five he his birthday was his twenty fifth birthday was on the day that he was traded to the Sacramento Kings. Um but what does he do? Like exactly. I don't really know. Monty talked about him being like a versatile defender, right? Who's athletic and, uh, has had games of putting it together and he's right. Um, he's also not going to go out there and say, oh, Josh Jackson was the $5 million salary that Detroit had to send out in a deal. You know what I mean? So, um, but JJ scored 20 or more points, 10 different times last year, including 31 points once, um, I don't know. If the team needs wings, but maybe. But um, in in that first game that both Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson I remember, the Sacramento Kings, um, when they were playing in Washington, neither Trey Lyles or Josh Jackson played. Um, not really expecting them to. To be honest, I, I'm a little sad that like th- those guys coming in meant that both Woodard and Ramsey had to go in order to clear rap. Um, Roster spots. I would have rather kept JR. I said it the other day on on James Hamm podcast as well. Um, But that's not the way it works. They, They had to bring in three guys and had to clear the spots in order to bring in those guys to make the matching salary and ultimately acquire what is the like grand prize, I guess you could say, in sending Bagley out, which is Dante. And Now that I've, I've kind of gone through Lyles and and Josh Jackson just to check those boxes. And I I think Jeremy Lamb as well, but I think that Lamb's expiring. He can fill the role of Terrence Davis for the rest of the season until TD's ready to go back, um, next year. So now that all that's passed, I I think that we can talk about how the team gets better right now, but I think that this is far from the end. Um, I, I think that they absolutely are chasing the play in. I think that they should, um, with, with considering the, the moves that they made, I, I understand the argument if if somebody thought they should have been chasing a top five pick. Um, but I I think it's clear that um ownership was not going to allow that um playoff mandate, right? For the wording, so much there's a playoff mandate in Sacramento. Monty McNair made it clear at his presser today that like our goal is the playoffs. He was very blunt in saying that. So. The thing is, they're better right now for reasons that I pointed out. The ball movement, the rebounding, I think having high IQ basketball players, good communicators, and they got rid of the guys that were hurting the locker room, hurting the communication, hurting the on-floor chemistry, um, which is both of those very big aspects. But Demontis Savonis has two years after this. I think Justin, Justin Holliday has one year remaining and Dante DiVincenzo is going in a restricted free agency where they should be able to keep him around. Sacramento, I don't want to throw out an exact number until I do the math tomorrow on this, but I think I believe that they're able to make um, an okay amount of cap space going into this offseason, a, a decent amount. Again, I don't have the exact number, so I don't want to throw it out and be wrong there um, at the moment. But they also have every single one of their first-round picks, and they still have Rashawn Holmes. Who um by the way, I, I should point out. I'm gonna make sure I find this here because I don't wanna get it wrong. Um we you know, we've seen Rashawn Holmes really struggling throughout this season, um, and especially recently. And I admittedly thought that it had something to do with the trade all the trade talk that was revolving around him. And, and maybe it did. I'm not trying to say that it for sure did not. Um, but Dr. Um, Holmes' mother put out something on Twitter last night after the Washington game. Somebody said that Holmes, Rashawn Holmes is not right at the moment. And her response here, um, you know, it actually got deleted. So, got me thinking that I shouldn't share this. Holmes had a family, um, had something going on in his personal life that I I think has been... I'm hesitant because she deleted this, and I don't know how much I should share. If she deleted it, she probably doesn't want this to be all too much public information, I guess. Um, Holmes has some personal things going on that I think could be affecting what's going on right now. Point being, Monty McNair still has assets to make more moves to add to this roster in the offseason and years following you know if uh, for example donovan mitchell were to become available because he's doesn't want to stick around rudy gobert and again i'm just kind of throwing out hypotheticals but you never know james harden just asked out after like half a season right um if donovan mitchell were to become available if uh, Jalen brown were to become available if john collins were available again this offseason Monty mcnair has These decent salaries of Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes that are also good value deals and every single one of his first round picks to still go make moves. And um, it was refreshing to hear Monty talk about, yes, playoffs are the goal, but we're not being short-sighted with this. Um, And here is
1: General Manager Monty McNair talking about that right after the trade deadline uh, to us at the media. Uh, th- this move is not just about now. It's about now and the future. Um, and, and like I've said, we, we added uh, multiple guys who are going to help us now, certainly, but will be a part of our future going forward. And um, certainly we want to win. We have 25 games left. We want to we wanna win those. And if uh, the, the cards fall that, that put us in the play-in tournament, we'll try to win a game or two there and, and uh, get into the final eight. But um, this is also about next year and the year after and putting ourselves in a position where um, we will continue to not just be in the playoffs, but compete there uh, year in and year out, continue to grow this thing. So, um, you know, this was, this was about a a multi-year kind of improvement. And, um, you know, certainly we hope, we hope the dividends start paying off right now, but this is not just about the next two months.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not going to spend too much more time on this episode, I don't think. Um, I wanted to throw a lot of quotes your guys' way because I think that it's very useful to hear from the people that are making the decisions or uh, coaching the team or out there actually making the impact themselves and playing alongside one another. And um, there's some new voices for the fan base to kind of get used to and personalities to learn and uh, potentially... Uh, I I guess a door you could say. Um and be be excited to kind of represent the Sacramento Kings. You know, I, I think these big differences you're hearing of some high IQ basketball consistency. Um ho- hopefully we'll 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 see about the consistency because again, this same roster that we were talking about being horrific like a week ago. Um, at least when it came to the actual results, started out five and four against really high-level opponents at the beginning of the season, and everybody was feeling good. So until this roster with Sabonis and DiVincenzo and Justin Holliday and Jeremy Lamb and Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson all hit diver- hit some sort of adversity themselves and how they respond, I guess it's premature for me to say consistent. But differences for sure is ball movement, rebounding, I think that the pace will be able to be more consistent. I do think that this team is deeper. Um, if Rashawn Holmes can fully embrace this backup center role, which I would understand, Rashawn Holmes, I, I, I would be frustrated if I was Rashawn Holmes. Just got this financial commitment that um, was going to be the starter on this team, and he probably wanted more money. You know, it was rumored that he wanted four years, eighty million, and he ended up getting four years, forty-seven. Um, and that's on unrestricted free agency. That's not that as the most Sacramento could offer, but he didn't get it anywhere else and um, didn't get moved. So if he's, um, and, and, you know, like I said, something personal, it turns out, has been going on with Rashawn Holmes as well. And you never know what's going on with these guys in their personal lives. It, they're not um, obligated to disclose anything or anything like that, obviously. Um, but, you know, I'll, you never know what's going on behind the scenes, I think. And sometimes there's, Dudes that deserve benefit of the doubt. And I probably should have given that to Rashawn Holmes a little bit more than I did throughout this season. But him being your backup center with Demontis Sabonis as the starter. Again, changes I think that we're going to see here is you have high IQ basketball players everywhere pretty much. Um, I think there's a couple that aren't, but probably don't get that much run. I think you have great passing I think that there is better rebounding. I don't think we hear that be the same type of issue. And just the energy around this team. Um, There was a really bad vibe, feeling, energy, whatever you want to say, a week ago. And all of a sudden, there's a sense of excitement. So if they can continue this momentum, it's going to be really... Nice to watch the Sacramento Kings moving forward, and while I get the 10 seed is not some amazing goal that we should be running around and celebrating, I think that it is a step in the right direction. I think that if the team is sitting in the 9 or 10 spot, that they will have a real chance to win at least one of the play-in games, maybe two, and if you make a playoff series, I think that's great experience for some of these guys. And there's room to improve from there because, like I said, Monty McNair still has every single one of his draft picks available to him. So it's going to get interesting. Overall, um, I think Monty McNair, Wes Wilcox, and everybody in Sacramento's front office did a good job at at this trade deadline. I'm excited to see this moving forward. I would guess that De'Aaron Fox is excited to see how this goes going forward. It sure seems that Demonis Sabonis is excited going forward. Um, Dante DiVincenzo gets an opportunity to, um, I know he's coming from a championship team, but now he gets an opportunity to be a focal point on a team if he can return to form, which I I do think is a real question. Um, Justin Holliday is, is being a leader on this team. We'll see how this affects Alvin Gentry moving forward um, because if the team does perform well under gentry we know that there's certain incentives in his interim contract that if he does meet he could get the full-time label and become the head coach for um for beyond this season and, and maybe an improved roster means that's more likely to happen we're gonna have to see um it's still really really early to jump to conclusions but this is exciting. This is new. This is different. And God, they needed new and different so bad. So I'm going to keep tuning in. And it's it's going to be some hopefully continued entertaining basketball from the Sacramento Kings, which um, their next game is on Monday at 430 Pacific time against the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Um, I'd be shocked to see Ben Simmons playing. believe Kevin Durant will be out as well. Um, It's a home game for the Nets, so there's not going to be any Kyrie Irving. The Kings have a real chance to win three games in a row here, and it would make four of five and keep this momentum going. So I'm going to keep the momentum I have going right now. I feel like I'm finally getting into a rhythm. Um, I, I know the episode releases have kind of been sporadic and inconsistent for myself recently, but this whole first season of being a part of the media and having the access and um, spending so much time going to games and uh, talking with people, gathering information, uh, going to shoot-arounds, going to practices, and um, just all of these different things. I've been been writing a lot. Um, I have a couple things for the Sacramento Bee. I have the writing at the Kings Herald. I just put out an article yesterday kind of breaking down each of the six new editions. I hopped on with James Hamm on the Kings Beat. So I've just had a lot going on, um, and it's been quite the adjustment period for me this season. But I finally feel like I'm kind of hitting a rhythm. So to stay on top of all the new things I'm putting out here, um, definitely subscribe to the Kings Pulse podcast on any podcast listening platform that you happen to be tuning in on. If you're watching on YouTube, which I do recommend because when I, especially when there's clips like this in this episodes, um, because it's great to see the facial reactions of some of these guys. And I think Monty and Dante DiVincenzo were two notable ones in this to kind of see their little chuckles in reactions to the trade that could have been for Dante DiVincenzo over a year and a half ago. Um, but if you're on YouTube subscribe to see the, the future releases might end up doing other type of video content in the future as well. And thumbs up are always appreciated as well. Um, definitely check out all the great work that's going on at the Kings Herald for myself and all the other guys and gals there. Of course, getting put up all the time. And take a look at their Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings full podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. You'll hear from me again in the next couple of days.